Hello, this is the first episode of We Happen to Be Trans, a pop culture podcast. So today we're just starting things off. Uh, we'll do a little round of introductions and then uh, get into some pop culture stuff that's going on. Uh, let's start with Jen over on my metaphorical right. Uh, how are you doing, Jen? <laughs> uh, tell us a little bit about yourself uh, and all that jazz. I'm doing all right. Um... It's Jen with a G, and you can call me Jen Giggles or find me at gratefully underscore Jen on Instagram. Fantastic. Uh, And Victoria is on my metaphorical left. Uh, Tell us a little bit about yourself and where to find you. Ooh, I like that I'm on the left. Um, (laughs) That's really really all that you need to know. Oh, I feel like I'm doing one of those like dating videotapes, like from the 80s. This is going to be your Tinder bio now. Yeah, but I would, I would still do it like old school. I would still find a VHS tape and record it on there and throw it into the ether and hope someone is. And I'd be like, I'd be like, hi, this is, this is Victoria. And if you happen to have a working VHS player and find this tape, then we were meant to be clearly. But if I'm on the right, that means I'm the overhand, and you're on the left, which means you're the underhand of the Empress here. So I'm not entirely sure if I trust you anymore. That's fine. I'm I'm the, <laughs> I'm the most underhanded podcaster that ever was. Um, Does that I, make me an Empress? Whoa, nice. You know, it's cool. Uh, can I can I be like the princess slash jester? It's a weird. It's a weird kingdom. It's a yeah, weird yeah. kingdom. Yeah, that's a good combo. I like that. It's a small kingdom. That's why we have to have the princess also be the jester. It's you know we all yeah. we all kind of share. We wear a lot of different hats here. Yeah, um, that's true. Yeah. So yep. I'm Victoria. I'm married. I'm 34. I'm taken, uh-huh. but. Interested in friendship only. Uh, I have a child that is quickly exiting childhood into teenage land. And my Instagram is Victoria underscore Maximus. And, and you're both younger than me, aren't you? I don't know. I'm the old one. Probably. How old are you, Ben? I'm 37. I'm 34. We're close. We're close. Yeah, we would we would have met each other in high school, maybe. <laughs> yeah, we went to we went to the same high school, pretty much. That's the ah. Nice. And you were in what middle school when I graduated there, Kaylee? Mm-hmm. If that, yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll I'll just do my introduction, and then you'll know. Oh yeah, Kaylee, who are you? So who am I? That is a great question. I don't even know who is anyone. Is like we're just like thoughts and these weird body things and you know what really is identity is it our memories that allow us to make decisions i'm kaylee yeah uh, i'm 25 <laughs> uh yeah i'm kaylee.cake on instagram i'm doing lots of like trans posting and stuff and trying to you know just increase visibility and talk about some cool things related to that stuff uh, I'm in school at the moment, uh, going into the social justice program. Um, the full name is Gender, Race, Sexuality, and Social Justice, but that's a mouthful. Um, but it sounds freaking cool. So, uh, yeah, it's pretty good. So, 
I'm probably going to be like the voice of like sociology and feminism, though uh, we're probably all on that boat a little bit uh, here. But uh, <laughs> oh, oh yes, yeah. oh yes. <laughs> I, I guess being in the center makes me centrist scum. And yep. if you if you all haven't noticed, uh, Kaylee is the uh, f- you know philosophical one for sure by that introduction. Yeah, I don't think it was hard to tell. no and we should mention we are all part of the gender positive collective um you can find that on instagram at gender positive yes yes and if we're we're like a group of trans people that are doing a whole bunch of different cool projects and stuff and starting like a community uh to help each other out especially with creating content and the like but also for support in the world of social media and that which can be gosh dang awful at times so you know sticking together being pals and all that so if you want to join you can uh, message me uh kaylee.cake is probably the best way to get a hold of me um and just send me a message and let me know what you'd like to do if you'd like to even be on this podcast uh perhaps um and so let's start off with a quick little we've pretty much broken the ice but an extra icebreaker (laughs) um so i just had a moment a little while ago do you hate it when people leave cupboards open because this is a pet peeve of mine depends on the cupboard Ooh, ooh, do do tell more so my kitchen is also the main door of the house. <laughs> and between the cupboard and where the stove is, it's not that wide. And and so when the cupboards between that that are right near the stove pop open, mm-hmm. it bothers the heck out of me. Yeah. But there's another cupboard a little further down where our house hangs over our, our first floor hangs out over the uh foundation and basement area. So it gets rather cold in the winter. Um, I like that one to be left open so that my dishwasher pipes don't freeze. Oh, okay. So there are reasons for cupboards to be open. Yes. Oh, yeah. I. Mm, it's a good question. I Thank think you. in in my world, my cats open up the cupboards all the time. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So it's not even about them being left open. I mean, it is, but it's not humans doing it. It's my cats. And if and if I let that get under my skin, I would be a wreck all the time. More than I already am. <laughs> I'd be a wreck times two or five. And How many and cats do you have? Two. and So you'd be a wreck times three. Multiple wrecks. <laughs> there are so many. It's a multi-car pileup on the interstate that would be my life uh one of the cats goes in to just hang out with the pots and and just sleep and then the other one just just randomly opens drawers and and for fun just because why not and so we'll come downstairs in the kitchen we'll just have open drawers open cupboards so we just shut them all and then it's like no big deal and And two hours later they're open again yeah pretty much uh it doesn't, there are things that get under my skin and usually they're the things that people are like, why does that get under your skin, Victoria? And then there are things that don't get under my skin where it's like, why does that not get under your skin, Victoria? And I'm like, you know what? Everybody's different. I, you know, I, I didn't get the memo when I was born about what we should and should not be, you know, a little irritated about. Um, so I just kind of, 
took my Scantron and just put A for all the answers. And, Classic. Um, you know, but that's me. Yeah. So I, 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 to be fair, if I was a cat, I'd definitely crawl into cupboards and live there because that sounds fantastic. Yes. But uh, as a tall person, I don't like having cupboards open because like they're right at face level and they always get like really close and having cupboards open, you can just like see all the stuff inside them. And it, oh, it, it, it bothers me a little. Um, yeah. So that's kind of cute. You don't like the open, you you don't like the open plan where it's just like a, a, a wood, a sm- uh, like a wood dowel that goes across in front of the cupboard instead of a full door. Oh yeah. No, I don't think I'd like that. No. Yeah, don't go on a don't don't go on one of the big boats then that goes out on the lakes oh, and, or oh, the ocean. On, on, on a boat, that's that's cool. I, I've spent a lot a lot of time on boats. I used to be a commercial diver, um, and so yeah, uh, on 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 a boat, like none of that really. Though, mind you, if there was an actual cupboard that was left open on a boat, I would be even more angry because those things are going to swing around. You're going to like be walking by, and it's going to smack you in the knee. That's going to um, hurt. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, man, I didn't know that we were going to get so in-depth about learning about our cupboard preferences, right? including that on a boat yeah. on the very first episode. <laughs> what more could we learn about each other? Tune in. I know. We're, we're getting to know each other real fast here. It's, it's going to be good. It's it's a deep dive. I bet I bet I bet first dates with all of us are actually really fun and entertaining. Oh, yes. Yes. I, I, I would hope so. I haven't been on a fit on a first date in like, you know, 17 years. I'm, I'm sure you heard my wife yelling in the background there. Yeah. Yes. The secret fourth member of the podcast. Yeah. Ooh. Right. <laughs> yeah. She, she said her first date was her first date ever. Nice. I, well, ev- every date with my wife is just like a first date. Oh, nice. Victoria. That's so sweet. That's so sweet. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. He's going to be listening to this podcast, so I better kind of, you know, get him in where you I might can. Wanna, you might want to do some editing in this part. Oh, it's going to be great. So while while these conversations are fantastic, learning about cu- our cupboard preferences and that, we probably should uh, get on to the actual pop culture part of the podcast before we lose everyone. Um, yeah, so... Why don't you start? Me? Yeah. I, go for, I was going to be the gentle lady-like and let everyone else go first, but I, I am ready to go if... Uh, I'll be the middle woman if you want to go Jen, me, you, if you want to go last. Whatever you want to do, you're the host. Oh no, so much power, the empress. Too much. Well, if we're ready to go then, Jen, you're up. I, I guess I'm up. I, I I brought in two. I I you know, my I watched E some some of the stuff from E3. Um typically the Nintendo stuff, because I happen to be a Nintendo fangirl a little bit. Um and so I watched um, the stuff on Super Mario Maker 2. And of course, I watched the Breath of the Wild trailer. Um, one of those really had me excited. And, and um, one of my kids is really excited about it. Um, they really enjoy the stuff that you know Mario Maker lets them do. And so I was like, oh, let's see what Mario Maker 2 can actually do. Because they've been watching all kinds of videos on it, going, oh, what's this? Oh, what's that? Oh, here's somebody's speculation. And I'm just like, okay, well, what's actually in it? And so I was excited about that. And and that left me with some questions still. <laughs> yeah. 
you know how you, you know how E3 presentations go, even if it's a let's play. Yeah. So, did you ever <laughs> discover what is in Mario Maker? The, the thing that excited me the most was, was the story mode option. What? Mario has a story mode? <laughs> well, Mario Maker has a story. Mario Maker 2 has a new story mode. Well, and also, also, isn't the appeal supposed to be the making of the levels? But you're saying that the thing that's appealing to you the most is the thing that they made for you. Right. Okay. It, it's like, I don't want to make my own levels in Mario Maker. I, I never have. Um, you know, I, I run my Wii U with my kids, and if I allowed them to, they'd be out on the internet grabbing everybody's levels. Now, I'm not one of those, you know, I'm not one of those girls that's going to try and do like this super never stop bouncing board thing, right? I I, I like the idea that they added of, of like um, clear conditions. Mm-hmm. You can clear a board, but only if you defeat one enemy. The rest of the stuff doesn't matter. You have to be defeat that one specific enemy or you have oh. to collect exactly, you know, you have to get like a minimum 30 coins or, uh, you know, 100 coins or something like that. They have these weird clear conditions that are out there. And I'm like, yeah, this sounds more fun to me than making my own stuff. <laughs> yeah, I heard about that. Um, you can make in this one, you can make maybe a shorter or simpler level um, as far as the design of it. But the premise of the level could be more intricate. So something yeah. like, you know, you got to get you know, this many coins in this amount of time and have those, those kind of win conditions. Is that, is that jiving with, with kind of what you're talking about? Yeah, that's what, I mean, it's like, okay, I've played Mario. I'm not that great at it, but these yeah. strange clear conditions sounded fantastic to me. They really did. That's cool. And apparently, now apparently we could also all play online together in like a Mario party concept they're working on. So is this a game that you, did you, did you pick up a copy? And are it's you playing not, it? Uh, Mario Maker 2 isn't out yet. It, um, I just watched the video from E3, which was not that long ago, and they were still finishing it off. So they, they were still working on how to make the online like Mario party functionality thing work, which I'm just sitting there going, I can build a level and then throw four random strangers into it, <laughs> and they have to fight each other to win. Oh, that does sound like a lot of fun. Right? I want to watch people do that. <laughs> that sounds great. I really miss those sort of like older games that are really good, like just multiplayer having a party type of game. Uh, yeah. 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 Miss those. Like, love like playing Halo on split screen and stuff like that. And a lot of that has mm-hmm. disappeared from games now that they're like online. But there's so many like, uh, like I really like Smash Bros for that, where you can just like, play with a couple friends though the online is weird with that i don't know if they fixed that but like just getting some friends together and just like having a ridiculous friday night where you're like beating each other up and laughing with each other it's the yeah yeah the the online play seems like one of the best options to have in the game it just seems hey jen i have special news for you this just in mario maker 2 is available now (gasps) really when did that come out? out I'm trying to look at the release date here, but yeah, it's out. So you can go to your local whatever. I'd have to buy a Switch, which is not <laughs> happening anytime soon, unfortunately. Well, you you can go to your local whatever, and if they have a demo station, you should demo the crap out of that game. Oh, um, yeah. I don't have a Switch either. It's okay. But just so, just so we seem like we're more informed than we actually are, this <laughs> game is out. 
And on the on the topic of multiplayer games, this has been such a bane uh, of my existence. That's too extreme. Uh, a thorn in my side. That's better. Um, because my son is out visiting. We are here in front of the TV, and there are no current games that I can find with him to play. You know, cooperative two player uh, together on. Right. anything um it, you know so so i have to go into the well and i have i have old school stuff so we could play you know co-op um you know we could we could boot up contra we we play you know old, old school gems like contra hardcore like a genesis um and you know we could go through we're, we're actually uh, going through halo 3 right now because he's never played uh the you know any of those games and um so it's you know we have to go backwards to find those kind of games but as far as um modern stuff all we can really do is play fighting games uh, which which i he loves fighting games so we'll, we'll play mortal kombat or we'll play street fighter or whatever um but it's all versus and i i'm the type of person i love playing cooperatively with yeah. friends family going through a game together um, because it, it provides that sense of camaraderie, that sense of um, you know joy when you beat a, when you when you beat the game together, you're high five and you're like we did it, but yeah. it's lost, it's gone. Yeah, it, it's like my wife and I we we played both, through both the Lego Star Wars and Lego Star Wars Two, the original trilogy, the, on the PS2 together. Mm -hmm. it was so much fun. You know, I mean, sure, we wound up killing each other all the time yeah. with that, but that's part of the joy of a yeah. Lego game. Yeah, and, and there's no stakes <laughs> in a Lego game, so it's all good. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, my son and I played through a couple of those together as well, but then I got a little, I got a little burnt out on the, on the formula. I'm like, after the like 50th Lego game, I'm like, all right, man, let's, uh, maybe we got to find a new, a new series to play. Um, and so at some point, I think, uh, we played Portal 2 cooperative. That was yeah, one of my favorite experiences. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. That brings me to my Ooh. my other topic, you know, the the Breath of the Wild sequel trailer and it looks like it should be a cooperative game, right? If you've watched the trailer, it's got Link and Zelda together exploring underneath oh, the castle. That'd be awesome if they make it cooperative. That's the dream. Why is that not cooperative? Why can't you have both Link and Zelda running around? You, you don't need her to be a ghost like Spirit Tracks. You don't need a Navi going, hey, listen in your you know, ear all the time. You could have both of you working together to solve a problem or a puzzle. You know, like like Four Swords, but without the annoyance of your friends trying to kill you. I was, I was just going to say, like, I would totally get into a Breath of the Wild type game uh, for that. I, I wasn't, like, I didn't get very into Breath of the Wild, even though I played it a fair bit. But, like, being able to play it with someone... All of a sudden, that like that would change it. everything. Like that that sounds way more fun. And like, yeah, that sounds fantastic. Now, now the yeah. question the question is, if it was cooperative, I feel like that would divide so many friendships. Because I don't know about you, but if that game is cooperative, <laughs> I'm jumping in and I'm like, get on Zelda. I'm playing Zelda. <laughs> Get out of here, Link. I, pl I played you. You're 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 done, Link. We you're you're old, dude. We, we played you like a dozen times now, Link. Yeah, um, yeah. That's where modding is. You know, it's unfortunate that Nintendo isn't 
in. I mean, they they made like Linkle an actual character. She's officially canon. Why can't we swap Link with Linkle in these new games? You know, so many games. Are you a boy or are you a girl? At least that's an option. You know, I apologize to NBs out there, but at least we're not all forced to be one. Yeah. You have the choice yeah. in there. I, I guess, like, they tried to make uh, Link fairly androgynous, which, like, works to a point. But at the same time, like, gosh, dang, it would be great to play, like, a, f- a female Link or Zelda or whatever and yeah i've seen some of the mods to like do that and it's like yes this needs to be like in the game gosh dang i think yeah i think progress would be if they had you know a female main yeah even if it was zelda you know just just a female main character in a zelda game um a mainline zelda game not some kind of spin-off not like Mm -hmm. you know super princess peach on the ds like some kind of side, you know, side game would be like, no, no, this is the Legend of Zelda, Zelda's something, uh, and not and not Zelda Wand of Gamelon on the 3DO because that is a piece of garbage. And if you don't know what that is, please go look it up. You're lucky. And write in the comments. Don't look it up. Avoid I, it. No, no, no. <laughs> you need to go see this garbage. Kaylee, have do you have you seen Wand of Gamelon? Do you no, know what I'm talking about? I have no about? idea what you're talking about. Your day? It's the best of the three CDI games, and that's saying something. Mm. So, yeah, yeah, yeah the, the CDI games are just... Uh, yes. Are you looking up what's going on with Wanda Gamelon? Is this familiar to you, Kayla? Yes, it, it is familiar now. I have seen, like, like stupid friends showing me YouTube hoops of this uh, oh, God. back in yes. middle school. <laughs> it's... It was an awful time. God, that makes me feel so old. <laughs> it makes the Zelda cartoon look like that. <laughs> that game makes the Zelda cartoon mm-hmm. look great. <laughs> look like look like a link to the past. I'm just gonna say that. Mm-hmm. Yep, <laughs> makes the cartoon look like a link to the past. And, and then there's three games in it, right? It's not just Wand of Gamelon. You know, there, there's Faces of Evil. Uh-huh. You know, which is Link, the faces of evil. And then there's Zelda, the Wand of Gamelon. And then last of all, there's Zelda's Adventure. Completely different company yep. from the first two. And huh. it looks like somebody tried to pair the um, original Mortal Kombat with this Diablo-like style animation. Oh my <laughs> It's, yeah, oh, that's the Zelda, the Zelda's Adventure. That's the one that I was thinking of. That one's where you actually get to play as Zelda, but it's horrible. Now, now to redeem themselves, Nintendo. See, see, we all know about Hotel Mario, and you did that garbage. You let that come into the into the world. A pox upon the land. It was one of the uh, ten plagues. I think I read about in Exodus and. And then you did the Zelda games, the Zelda 3DO things, you allowed those to exist, okay? And now you've obviously, like, taken care of Mario, you put Link on the right track, now we need to make yeah. up for Zelda, and if it was co-op, I'm claiming Zelda. I've, I've put in my years, I've been playing video games since I was four, I've earned it, 
And, uh, you know, all I want to do is play as Zelda and watch my son or wife or someone else that's sitting with me play as Link or whoever else you put in the game. Right. That's or you and I could co-op. I'll gladly play Link to let you play Zelda as we Aww. co-op online. Mm -hmm. Yes. <laughs> yes. Because Nintendo's so good about about doing online things. <laughs> right? They're so great at it. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Nintendo. You did it again. Woo! Right? And, 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 you know, I'm just sitting here watching the trailer. I'm thinking, oh, it, you, you, have, you have the option for two separate storylines, like Zelda's on one end and Link's on the other, because it looks like she falls. Or, or you could co-op, because they're exploring together. Or, or you know, you, you have all these little options popped into my head, and I'm like, which one are they going to do, or are we just going to be... Oh, this is Link. You know, it, it's a whole bunch of DLC ideas that we had too many of for the original game, which basically was a whole nother game. So we're just going to make a whole nother game about Link. And I'm like, hmm. <laughs> now, did you, Kaylee, did you play the original Breath of the Wild? Uh, the one on the Switch? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I've played it a fair bit, I guess. Yeah. And you are still going through it, Jen? Uh, I'm... Still somewhat going through it. I mean, I've I've completed the DLC except for the Trial of the Sword. Um, I only have to collect like another six hundred and seven hundred ish um, Korok seeds and beat Ganon. I mean, I've I've beaten the game, but you haven't beaten Ganon. I haven't beaten Ganon, but you know what? At this point. I want to beat the Trial of the Sword because it's harder than any other fight I've had so far. That was what you were... Okay, you sent me a message the other day that said, you know, Victoria, Trial of the Sword, and I'm like, what? And I was like, oh, I think that's Breath of the Wild. So, like, I have that, it's, and it's I started DLC, it. yeah. Yeah, I, I'm in the middle of that, and by in the middle, I mean I, I started it two years ago, <laughs> and I it. <laughs> So that'll be something I jump back into because it's always easy to kind of jump into a game that, you know, that you've left for two years and figure out what's going on. Right. Right. Yeah. It's yeah, an adventure yeah. all its own. <laughs> pick, pick it up and remember what you were doing. You know, like my, our, our Xbox 360 broke and I'm like, if we ever get a new one, crap, I'm going to have to start Final Fantasy 13 over. Uh, no. Please don't. <laughs> Please leave that game, that game behind. I mean, like, I want to beat it because it's a Final Fantasy game, but the controls on it are worse than FF12's, you know. Yeah. The, the Gambit system was bad. This is worse. Yeah. I mean, you got you to gotta figure out how Lightning returns. What does she return from? Right. You got to play that one. And then you got to play Lightning's Revenge. What, I don't know what the third one was. Re Lightning... Uh, uh, Return of the Jedi. I don't know. Was I, said, it? I said fuck it on ten two when the first battle. You know, I'm on a tree. I'm on a tree limb, and Rico gets stuck in front of the other two, and I can't attack with them, and therefore my characters can't do anything because I can't skip. Wow. You, you we we will at some point we're going to get into a deep dive on Final Fantasy because I'm there with you, Jen. I I can hang. Um, we could we could roll we could roll back to you know the old school Final Fantasy four Final Fantasy whatever heck um, yeah but I want to talk a little Breath of the Wild I love that game that game was awesome yeah. I don't know about both of you but that actually is 
Okay, so for the longest time, A Link to the Past was my mm-hmm. favorite Zelda game and one of my top yes. 10 of all time. I'm, I'm very big on making top 10 lists. Um, I'm aware. My, my, my wife has been making fun of me for years because she always says, why does everything have to be a top 10? And also, why are there 30 things in your top 10? And Ask BuzzFeed, they'll know the answer. And, and but, but I am the type of person that wants to make a list and laminate it and have it official. I know that seems a little funky, but you know what? It makes me happy. So, and that's really all that matters. That's all that matters. This sounds like a fantastic podcast idea uh, for a future podcast. We definitely need to do like top 10 video games. Top 10 film. Yeah. <laughs> Victoria's top 10s. <laughs> yeah. All of our good. top 10s. All of our top 10s. Uh, wait, see, and, and my, I, I feel like I'm keeping staples in business alone by, by laminating, giving them so much laminating business. I don't even know if staples laminates. Yeah. But it's a good joke. Trust me. Um, <laughs> no one else knows who, who laminates what. It's all good. <laughs> they probably do. They could. Yeah. Do you go into a Staples? No. People could just people yeah. just could believe me and be like, yeah, that sounds like something Staples would do. That's a great joke. It does joke. sound like something Staples would do. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, I, what I want to say is Breath of the Wild um, has taken has taken that top spot and i don't say that lightly um i know you know people might give me flack for saying that because oh link to the past such a classic and breath of the wild has been out not that long but you know what it's my list i'll do whatever the hell i want with it i you know i pay do you pay for the laminating and no my friends I so uh I get to make the list and I'm I'm gonna rip up I'm gonna rip up my old laminated card. I'm gonna put Breath of the Wild on there. I'm gonna laminate that new thing. I'm gonna put it in my wallet and I'm gonna show all my friends. Cause that's how you make friends is you show them a laminated card with your top ten list on it. You either make friends or enemies that way. <laughs> right? That it, it by saying you like Link to the Past better than Orcarine of Time, like me, you've already made enemies. Because there's so many kids that growing up, they're just a couple years younger than Victoria, you know, some for those that are around 30, and Orcrina of Time was the greatest game in the world. And they're like, I'm like, no, no, it's simple. It's not that hard. You only have like eight dungeons in the entire game. Sure, you go back to them four or five times, but there's only eight stinking dungeons. I beat up like 16 of them. Link to the past was way harder. Yeah, I, I ever the diplomat. I'm gonna leave it at this. Alcarina of Time is probably it's it's very low on my rankings of Zelda games. I I don't like it very much, but I'm glad that it exists because I know so many. It brings joy to so many people, and oh, yeah. everyone's different. I've made my peace with this. Everyone's different. Everyone's going to like yes. different things. Yes. And I'll just probably leave it at that so that people don't, you know, come to my house with pitchforks and torches. Um, and, but yes, Breath of the Wild is definitely taking that place. Yeah. It's that game was, it brought back everything that I loved about 
Everything yeah. that I love about video games was in Breath of the Wild. The sense of exploration, yeah. adventure, um, yes. the unknown, the challenge, the difficulty, the um, just just everything about it was so refreshing and so wonderful. And and if if this sequel is more of is more of what that first one was, that formula to me is so new still is so refreshing for a zelda game that i'm okay if they if they don't revolutionize it if they do i'm cool with that too but um i'm okay with more breath of the wild oh i mean that's how we got majora's mask people wanted more ocarina of time and majora's masks an amazing game standalone concept but we wouldn't have had it unless we'd had so, or I'm going to draw some of those pitchforks over here. But I, I've never really been much of a Zelda fan at all. I just never grew up on the games. And while I thought Breath of the Wild was a good game, I just couldn't really get into it so much. Like, the puzzles and the exploration were fun. But I think because, like, I didn't grow up with the, like, knowing Zelda and the story and stuff, like, not... None of it really held together for me. You're lacking the nostalgia. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, should we move on to Victoria? Yeah. Or you, yeah. yeah, I'm sure we'll talk we'll talk more Zelda in the future, I'm oh, sure. God, we we've oh, yes, well. for sure. <laughs> um I was gonna I wanted to bring up the a music video that I saw recently that really hit me in a very I felt a very positive way and I can get into that, but what I want to, and the, so the music video is Katy Perry's um, 365 is what the song's called. Have either of you uh, seen the music video or taken a look at it at all? Yeah, I watched it after you mentioned it. Like I hadn't, like I maybe heard the song once or twice on the radio. Um, and yeah, holy crap. Yeah, I watched it uh, just before this podcast as well. So Yeah, so maybe you maybe you both have a feeling of you know kind of why i would bring that up but um for me i am I'm, I'm a fan of all different types of genres the way that i the way that i put it out when people ask me you know what kind of music are you into i say everything from sinatra to death metal to the beastie boys to madonna so that covers pop rap um you know uh, pop country is the genre that's kind of eluded me um I, although i i would like to like i like liking things that's kind of my <laughs> goal i don't like not liking things but i'm also not going to live in denial um but you know opera classical um oh yeah you know i yeah. I'm, a, I'm a huge fan of, of music in general and the creative process and so and so pop music definitely and i've had friends you know nerdy friends make fun of me for oh you're listening to Rihanna on the way over here oh you're listening to this and i'm like look but i also like rush so if you think that you know prog rock gives you cred i got that too but also madonna's right? super good and and sa same with modern pop so you know hearing artists like Katy perry hearing you know some of miley cyrus's more recent stuff uh justin bieber's last album i thought was was in, headed in a really good direction seeing some of these artists mature and come into their own uh in songwriting vocally um you know yeah. having some of those life experiences with a little more grit or edge or or just kind of a um um a more robust kind of flavor to it um and so when when i see a, you know a, a well-written pop song come together especially with the music video which mm -hmm. you know I, I i don't think you have to be around you know 
your 30s or 40s or, or 50s to remember or to know of some of the classic music videos like you know uh, obviously the michael jackson music videos corns freak on a leash you know some of the yep. music videos where it's like wow these are these are really well done and i'm always a big fan of a of a music video that tells a story that doesn't just have you know there, there's some fun jam yeah. songs where people yeah. and it shows kind of the lifestyle and stuff but i love i'm a sucker for a good narrative in a music video i don't know about both of you yes mm-hmm. yeah i mean uh, that's that's one of the reasons i uh and my, my sweetie and i uh, both like country music is it's got a good narrative in it you know um there's a tim mcgraw video um don't take the girl the whole video and the song is a love story and it breaks your heart if you listen to it you know obviously this song's from the late you know from from the mid to you know from the mid 90s ish you know uh early in tim's career but it's like oh come on you you can't just throw that up there in a video and not expect tears to happen mm-hmm. yeah i really like narrative in music videos as well um handlebars is like peak for that for me um it's a gorgeous music video uh and it's just really well done and fits with the music and how it escalates. And I highly recommend everyone go watch that because it's beautiful and amazing and really prevalent to like politics today and stuff. Um, but Victoria, I'm really curious what, what stood out about this music video that made you want to talk about it? Like what part of the narrative and that really stuck to you? Um, um, yeah, happy to share that. Um, I, well, so the premise for, for, I mean, people should just go watch the video, but to kind of set it up, the premise is um, the song deals with obsession, you know, obsessively having, you know, someone uh, on your mind, you know, 24-7, 365, and not being able to get them out of your mind, which is, I don't think a lot of people would say maybe is the healthy thing um but i think that that's what the song is hitting on is that yeah um and so the premise of the video is uh katie perry plays an android that's being developed um for the purposes of of what it's it looks like and i love that the video doesn't just kind of say exactly what's happening but i'm assuming to be um kind of a, a an android that's meant for the purposes of being a, a wife or a partner or a, or a lover or the, the basis you know. for the don't date a robot episode on Futurama. I, f- I forget what the, you know, season or title that was, but that was in the first, the first run of Futurama. Yeah. And there've yeah. been episodes of, you know, outer limits that have dealt with this. And it, it reminds me of, you know, games like uh, Detroit become human. Um, and uh, it, it's, you know, and obviously the whole, you know, do androids feel, do, you know, is it, can they, can they have Westworld? Do they it's, dream it's of electric very, sheep? <laughs> right. It's not a new concept, but I felt like in this video, the execution of it, um, and just, just really what stood out to me, honestly, was Katy Perry's acting. I thought she did a really good job playing the android and making it, um, putting her emotion with the song uh, into the into the android and kind of showing mm-hmm. the steps of well, this is you know this is the android off the line and then over the course of time you know going forward and then uh also providing some sense of of weird sympathy mm-hmm. at the end for for the android it did a good job kind of taking my emotions mm-hmm. in different directions i was like okay well yeah i i feel I feel for this guy, you know, this guy who's, you know, a human 
living with this android and it's like well she didn't create herself she was programmed this way and um you know but then the guy he wasn't really doing anything wrong he was feeling smothered and it wasn't for him or he wasn't feeling any any connection and the scientists were just trying to make you know quote unquote a product so it gets really kind of sketch and dicey with like you know the the moral lines and right very simply, morally gray on on both the android and the guy involved and the scientists i think mm -hmm. too the creators of the of the androids um, that that was what really stuck out to me and so it was I, I enjoyed the premise it was a nice little kind of dose of that with a with i thought a, a well-written song that you know supported this the subject uh matter and um and it was just really refreshing to see a, a music video with the narrative I don't, right. I don't know about both of you and how you felt watching it yeah um the part that stuck out to me was the very end uh where the she's not able to cry for the whole music video and then she sees all the other androids that are basically copies of her and then cries and i thought that was really nice to take it away from like she's not obsessing over the guy like she's programmed to to do but she like has a second of like free will and emotion uh when she sees that it's all just a big hoax a big experiment um and like her whole her, all her feelings and actions are just like she's just a puppet on strings and it seems like she realizes that and that's why she cries and like yeah i i think that worked mm -hmm. really well and it's nice to not have her ending obsessing over this guy she was told to but rather having an actual genuine emotion because of her situation um and made, made her feel very human in the end uh and per perhaps that speaks to like she actually developed artificial consciousness um when like at that time and that's how she reached it um and then uh I, I assume she's decommissioned right after that. Uh, so <laughs> maybe it's bad. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what, what stuck out to me was the uh, the way the scientists were involved <clears throat> in it. I mean, they're, they're just, they're constantly tweaking and adjusting mm. her, trying to make her look more perfect, be more exactly right. Okay? She has to be the correct amount of hug strengths she has to be the you know gotta have the right shade of lipstick her she i mean th there's the one point where she get you know the, the guy gets out of bed and she gets up you know after she realizes he's gone and when she steps out of the bedroom she's not in pajamas anymore like you would expect she's fully made up like a woman from the 50s like she left her bedroom she now has to be this perfect housewife and right. you know it's the middle of the night and it's like, well, you yeah. you don't need to do that. But she she was told that's how you have to behave. Mm. So that's what she was doing. I like that. A really she good was, like programming was very very tweaky on her. It felt very um very feminist in the way the video was made. Yeah, because it's looking at it as opposed as as a here's what happens to women all the time, and any one woman could fill this role. Here they all are, just carbon copies. Yeah. There's quite a good commentary on how society like grooms women and tries to like nit nitpick things and make 
make women act a certain way in order to be acceptable, which society does to everyone. Um, but there's definitely that extended pressure on women to be perfect and have the perfect set of makeup uh, as soon as they go out um, and that, and you, like to have makeup when they wake up, which is ridiculous. Like, yeah. but there, there, there is that weird expectation and uh, mm -hmm. good that it's like addressed in this type of way. I actually missed that uh, on the first watch. Uh, so I might have to give it another. Yeah. I, I've seen it a couple I've seen it a couple times and that's a very good observation, Jen. I appreciate that. And that's, that's actually one of the joys of, of bringing this to both of you is, is being able to kind of get my view on the video shaped even further. And, um, I, I'm totally seeing, you know, upon recollection, what you're talking about now, Jen. And it actually reminds me of, of, uh, a little bit of the, the first episode of, um, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, uh, when she, she actually goes to bed. She takes off all of her makeup and, and everything after her husband falls asleep and lays in bed and then purposefully wakes up before he does to go put everything back on and then lays back mm -hmm. down in bed for when, he, wow. when he wakes up so that she's always looking like the perfect, the perfect housewife. Yeah. And um, a lot of times that is what it was. And I, I totally miss that. That is, that actually adds a whole new dimension to to the video being a commentary on, um, you know, being kind of anti-woman anti and just kind of, you know, having the main character be, or the, not the main character, but the human character being played by a male. And then the Android just, you know, oh, well, you know, a wife's here just for, just for my pleasure, just being, and the idea of, of her feeling like maybe she feels like she needs to be about this person all the time, you know, like that mm -hmm. kind of thing about, well, I'm, I'm constantly there for my man, that type of mentality yeah. that's really yeah. gross, you know? <laughs> yeah, I think there's, like, the commentary can go, and m maybe I'm reaching, or it's, uh, like, not exactly what it wanted to get, but, like, also having her as an android kind of speaks to that as well, uh, of, like, the idea of that a wife should be almost robotic and just fulfill certain roles and stepford wives fairy stepford yeah. wives yeah and so i think the video actually kind of reverses that a bit because the guy isn't into that exactly because there's no actual personality there's nothing more and so he doesn't have those feelings even though she's programmed to have feelings for him and everything um like he he doesn't have that connection and like, despite all these scientists wanting to create the perfect wife or partner, uh, they aren't able to because they can't bring in what actually makes makes a partner a good partner, which is that personality and that connection. Um, and so just filling in, you, you can't just like fill in a wife with an empty husk that fulfills roles, uh, basically. And so I think that's an, kind of like, S similar area but different uh different uh direction with it for sure i and yeah so i i would just say overall it's a super cool it's a cool song cool vibe cool video cool vibe for the video but it definitely has a lot of depth in there to so it, it i think it's kind of got something for everybody if you just kind of want to listen to a cool song and you're like this has got a good beat good melody Go for it if if you want to dive deeper in the message and the in the video. Um, I honestly, I know, I know Miley Cyrus has been getting a lot of love lately with uh, her new EP and Mother's Daughter, which I think I think is great. I I like it. 
Um, but on the same on the same end, I know this Katy Perry song and video compared to some of the other stuff out there hasn't seemed to get as much love. Um, I mean, obviously, it, it is it's a Katy Perry song, so it is pretty popular. But you know, it's it's one of the things where I don't I, I haven't talked to a lot of people that have that have heard the song, and I'd say you know. T- take a listen, take a, you know, put, put what you're listening to on, on hold for just a minute. Go, go watch this video and see what, you know, Katy Perry's doing because the more love that like a deeper project like this gets, uh, the more, you know, it will, things like this will be able to be made in the future. And I would love that personally. So yeah, check it out. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, the next thing that I wanted to talk about, which, oh boy. I feel like this could be an entire episode on its own, but <laughs> I've been playing the Metal Gear Solid series. And I'll just say that one more time. The Metal Gear Solid series <laughs> with my wife, yeah. who has never played it. I've played it through a couple times. I'm a fan. It's not my most favorite ever, but it's it's definitely something that I enjoy. Um her and I played through one on PlayStation 1, not the GameCube remake. We played two. Uh, I have the PlayStation 3 uh, collection uh, that has two and Metal Gear Solid 3 um, up-res, and we played. We went through both of those. And so my son actually came, came to stay with us for the summer while we were a little bit into three, and he started kind of watching some of the cutscenes. and he's of an age now where I feel like, yeah, this is, this is cool. Like, this, is, this is something that you can... Uh, be a part of and he we were all just kind of getting into the absurd narrative of of these games and so we're on four right now and we're about halfway done with it and oh boy um this this game is the reason why i wanted to take my wife on this adventure together because (laughs) it's everything that i know that she loves about games that we've played it combines uh, comedy with um, you know cool action drama it, it you know makes you care about its characters in interesting ways um, and it, the fourth one just really brings the whole series to a wonderful close and makes every game before it count in a way that I find to be beautiful and excellently executed um, but it's definitely a game so far that is half cutscene which you know what that's fine um, it's just an excuse for me to kind of, you know, grab a, grab a snack and, uh, or dinner even, and, uh, <laughs> you know, press, press start on the game and just kind of watch a movie together basically until, <laughs> until the gameplay comes back. But man, I, I, like I said, we could do a whole episode on Metal Gear. Um, it's a deep, deep dive. I don't know how much all of you know, y'all have played of the series or how familiar you are I with it. I might have played number one. Yeah, I haven't played any, so I have no idea. <laughs> but you're familiar with with probably the, some of the characters or some yeah, of the like. I, I remember the hoopla about Old Snake. Like, everyone's like, how many years in the future is this? He's that old. I mean, it's got to be like 40 years from the from the last game. And I mean, I, I, I realized reading, the, you know, the Wikipedia on it that Oh, it wasn't set that far in the future. Um, not to give spoilers, but it wasn't like forty years in the future. 
I'm going to spoil it a little bit because it's seriously been 11 years since that game came out. And so if you don't want spoilers on Metal Gear, uh, fast forward until it doesn't sound like we're talking about Metal Gear anymore. And uh, <laughs> we might come back to Metal Gear just to be, just just like Zelda. We might come back. <laughs> yes. Everything comes full circle. Um, and yeah, so this game, it doesn't take place that much in the future. Snake is old. His body's, you know, degenerating um solid snake is a clone spoilers um of 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 a dude named big boss who was the protagonist in the third game from the 60s am i blowing your am i blowing your mind kaylee are you with me yeah i i I love his his name's just big boss oh yeah yeah (laughs) yeah that's i love it his name his name john john big boss and then his code name you know his His name, <laughs> yes, his name is John Big Boss. Love it, aka aka Naked Snake, and uh, and so he has he has a couple of clone babies while in a coma. Uh, his clone babies are named. Are they clones of their babies? Clone clone babies, yeah. Mm-hmm. And um. And he, so their names are Solid Snake and Liquid Snake. And then there's another clone baby named Solidus Snake, who is also the former president of the United States. That that has so many shades of Manchurian candidate in the statement there that I'm not sure what to think. Are you intrigued? <laughs> well, you haven't heard anything yet. That's like, that's like, that's like Metal Gear Solid 101. That's like base level like i haven't gotten into the patriots the lolly lule low the um super baby project the uh they're trying to make captain america in this uh pretty much yeah um and uh you know basically that's that's kind of you know the premise and they're trying to save the world from these big robots uh called metal gear and uh i recall that from the first one Mm -hmm. And there's more, there's more Metal Gears coming around. There are a dime a dozen in four. They're just all over the place. It, and Snake's, Solid Snake is old. His body's failing him. He, since he was a clone, his body wasn't made to last. So it's just, he's just aging rapidly. He's got an old man mustache, like a Freddie Mercury mustache. It's super great. He looks, he, and the best part of, of this character being old is that it sounds like snake drank a gallon of milk smoked a cigar and drank a bottle of jack daniels all within the same 20 minutes yeah rasp raspy mucusy like he's just like so i'm just walking around the house now or every time we play in the game i'll just start it and i'll just be like right and it's just that throaty mucusy but it works it's it's kind of fun to watch the the voice actor david hater um do his version of old snake who was already gravelly to begin <laughs> with it's like gravel got graveled that's what the voice sounds like <laughs> graveled times two yes and with a cold? <laughs> gravel with a cold yes if gravel could get a cold that's what it sounds like it sounds impossible and so 
he's just old and dying and it's so so sad to watch because this was a this was a character that if you've played super smash brothers or you've seen him and that so that's for my son that's where he's familiar with this character. right he's been in all of those and so that's where my my son's like oh yeah that's that's solid snake from uh from smash brothers i'm like whoa strike that reverse that but yes um and he's like oh that's cloud from uh uh super smash brothers um no 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 we got to fix some stuff here <laughs> right and but he knows the character and this character has, has been like this cool 80s action hero he's all ripped and and youthful and like yeah he's gonna take the day but he's breaking down and and it's just it's a lot of fun i i, I really applaud kojima um and what he's done for the video game industry as absurd as these games are and how up their own ass they can be with the convoluted narrative, that's fun to me. I kind of like it when they go way out of control. But what Kojima's done for leading, you know, paving the way for video games, you know, with the first Metal Gear Solid, you know, bringing in, you know, more cutscenes, you know, voice dialogue, heavy narrative. And with Metal Gear Solid 4, I'm playing it. I'm like, wow, this game came out 11 years ago. And I see how much it influenced the way games are today. And I have a lot of respect for that. And I think he's a, he's a visionary. I mean, I don't, I don't put him to godlike standards or anything, but I think he, he's definitely done a lot of good for the shaping of, of um, video games being more than they, than they could have been. Well, yeah, I mean, Solid, the, the, the original Metal Gear Solid came out in that same wave of, you know, on, on, the, play, on the original PlayStation when, oh, we saw what FF7 could do, but everybody looked like they were wearing, you know, cardboard boxes. And then a year later, FF8 rolls out and everything looks smooth and lined. And that same year, Metal Gear Solid comes out. And that that group of producers from that 98, that, that class of 98 video games really remade how we look at video games. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's a classic and it's Metal Gear Solid 1 is way up there as far as games that I have reverence for. Um it's a very tight package. I mean Is it on the top 10 list? Uh, I okay, no, I don't think it is. I, I mean I can revise <laughs> it up until the last the last 2 weeks cuz I I know what all my number ones are. It's the only time that I will actually be saying that it's in an order, which is number one, and then everything else is not in order. Um, uh, yeah. <laughs> I have my top ones. Um, but up until that second to last week, I could always add it. Um, I don't think I will. I love it. It's, it's actually part of the reason why I kind of want to just do uh, a quick little, you know, 11 through 20 list just so I can give, because there's so many things I want to shout out that I can't do in the top 10. Yeah. It's real hard to choose. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, and everything's kind of fluid. It's it, it, it's malleable. It's just it's just a fun yeah, little list. Definitely. Anyway, so yeah. That, yeah, don't, don't, don't start with Metal Gear Solid 4, by the way. Let me just throw that out there. Start with Metal <laughs> Gear Solid 1, because you won't know what... You don't have to play the original two Metal Gear. You can play, start with Solid... But otherwise, you're lost. <laughs> yeah, that's what I got Yeah, yeah. Just start with Metal Gear Solid 1 on the PlayStation. Don't play the remake because it's kind of not as good, I don't think. 
and then go to solid two, solid three, and then four. Because otherwise, nope, you will be so lost. But maybe that'll be fun. You know what? If you start with four and that's the only experience you've had, you know, send us, send us a message. I don't even know how you're going to send us a message because we don't have that set up yet. But if you do, tell us your experience. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. I think it would be really cool to do a live stream of having someone go in completely blind and just like try to figure out what's going on. I, oh I kind of want to do this now. Please do. Please do. <laughs> okay. Okay. This, this might happen. It's on PS something? Three. PlayStation 3. It's ah, only okay. on PlayStation 3. Speaking okay. of which, they, they really should come out with an updated version of that for a, a current generation, for PlayStation 4. Right. Because the only way you can play it is there's only one copy of that game there's no, there's no expanded edition. It's just Metal Gear Solid 4, PlayStation 3. That's the only way that you can play it. If, if I can find a cheap PS3 on Craigslist, uh, I, I feel that would be a fantastic idea for a stream. And like, I, we, we can have you two on there just like laughing at, at me as I make things up. Like, ah, oh, this, this is what's going on. And just... I will literally the whole time just be laughing and also just going... Lugwag and ride the entire game. It'll be great. Okay. The best part would be to have her play without you in her ear and then record over it. So she has no <laughs> idea what your commentary is <laughs> as you good. go. I like this. <laughs> we are okay. ready to listen to you. Ooh, I've got your attention because yes. <laughs> I'm so hyped. Um, so, of course, I, I my, my topic for today is cyberpunk 2077 because heck yes um so it's been like seven or eight years since that first trailer and last year they released like a new trailer gameplay in that um which was fantastic and this year at e3 they uh, finally have a release date which is amazing a new trailer which was also amazing and they have Keanu Reeves, which is also amazing. Uh, and just like, yes. like ah, fi finally it's coming together and we have an actual date, which is so exciting. But what excites me like to the moon about this is m mostly like the cyberpunk genre and the time that it is coming into this world. Because like, I, I find cyberpunk like as a genre fascinating because it like, Mm -hmm. analyzes late stage capitalism uh and oh yes <laughs> it's such a good time to like bring back the cyberpunk genre and to like analyze the world and how capitalism especially with the like rise of neoliberalism again that like free market hands-off style approach let everyone uh you know, buy the things that they need and everything will work out, which it doesn't, it just creates inequality. Um, but as that ideology is like coming back and, uh, and like uh, coming back, it's new liberals, new liberalism, but it's like old classical liberalism ideas. They're just reviving it. Um, and so, kind of libertarian for Americans, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The the classical liberal is coming back in the form of neoliberal, even though it's called new neoliberal, which is silly. Um, but yeah, and so I think it's really amazing to start these types of conversations about like 
late stage capitalism that we're going into, how technology is affecting everything. Um, and I love that they've talked about how they want to make the game political, uh, since that is like a key part of the cyberpunk genre. Because we, right, right now, there's all these gamer bros people. They're like, ah, oh, games are getting too political, having female protagonists. What is this um, type of thing? And so right? it's really good to see a game company stand up and say like, yeah, games are political. This genre is political. And we don't want to shy away from that. We want to like explore this. And that makes me so, so happy. And I want to see more games do that, um, especially with the cyberpunk genre, which I'm really hoping this game revives and brings us a whole bunch of new games that come out of it that want to kind of copy it a bit, but hopefully do something new, start new conversations in that, and just Gosh dang, I, I want to see a really good conversation about the direction of the world and capitalism and what, like, what if we continue down this path of, yeah. like, corporations gaining more power, people losing power, and this extreme inequality and where that might take us and what to do about it. And yeah, anyways, I'm just, I'm just hyped. Um, uh, well, the first time I, I encountered cyberpunk was obviously the 90s um, when the U.S. first got their hands on, you know, the original um, the, um, now I'm having a brain fart um, Ghost in the Shell movie. Yes. Yes. When that first came over, um, you know, and, and then um, getting into playing um, with these, you know, the Shadowrun John, um, games, which a little mysticism and whatnot happened. Yeah. Um, right. Sure. Whatever. It's Shadowrun. They're trying to appeal to the D&D crowd when it came out yeah. kind of thing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but Definitely. And then obviously, you know, getting in, um, the, you know, the, the second, you know, Ghost in the Shell movie and Standalone Complex seasons one and oh, two. Yeah. Um, and now they've got the Arise series. Um, I haven't seen all of that for Ghost in the Shell yet. Uh, and... and so I've been following a bunch of cyberpunk stuff. The the one that hit it best in in my opinion up until this point cuz obviously 2077 um and and some of the newer stuff that's coming out um I haven't quite gotten up to speed on um simply due to, you know, financial necessity. Um <laughs> you can catch it on Netflix and you might have seen it Kaylee um Continuum Oh, no, I haven't heard of this. Let me make a note of that. It's a Canadian TV show. We Americans can catch it on Netflix. Um, it's like two and a half or three and a half seasons. Like they tried to cancel it early because it got too political, actually. Uh, oh. um, but the, the plot of that one is this woman gets sent back in time to stop a bunch of terrorists from changing the future. I'm intrigued. I'm in. Yeah. I'm, I'm not going to spoil it too hard. Um, but there will be a little bit of spoilers here because the show, the show's you know, like five, six years old already. Um, and so once she goes back in time, then she starts running into other things that are going on, like these, like a time traveling organization that tries to manage and manipulate the future to create the perfect outcome that some guy wants. Um, and then she runs into not, you know, and then so she winds up teaming up with the terrorists who she'd hunted down in the first place. And she's running around with this tech that syncs up with a 
like like a comm unit that she's got built in, and she's got this sleeve suit thing that lets her like cloak and change colors and stuff. So like a kind of a chameleon suit thing going, and she's got smart weaponry that syncs to her suit. So nobody else can use it because it's Im- it's imprinted to her suit that she's using. So it's got all the great cyberpunk stuff, but they dropped it into modern day uh, Vancouver slash Vancouver, Washington. I- yeah, whatever. It's filmed in Vancouver, uh, you know, BC, because everything is like almost every really good show is filmed in Vancouver, BC. Um, but yeah, it was amazing. I, I think I think X Files was filmed there, and Supernatural is filmed there, and Stargate is filmed there. Was filmed there, and Deadpool. De- yeah, Deadpool. The list goes on. Yeah, it, it just continues. Um, lots of great stuff was filmed there. I just wanted to bring up X Files for a minute because you know any any excuse to bring up X Files. <laughs> you bringing up a Netflix show brought another cyberpunk uh, show to my mind, uh, which is. Uh, Love, Death, and Robots, which holy crap is so good. And the oh, episode yeah. Sony's Edge is like peak what I need from cyberpunk. It's got like lesbians, it's got cyberpunk, it's got like monsters like pit fighting and like psychological uh, <laughs> twists and turns and meaning and Oh my gosh, it's so good. I highly recommend if you watch any episode out of Love, Death, and Robots, that one and Three Robots is also very good. I love that you just clarified that you need that you need cyberpunk in your cyberpunk. That's oh, yes, very meta. Of very meta. <laughs> yeah. I'm down, I dig it. I need cyberpunk in my cyberpunk in my cyberpunk. Yes. Yeah, it's like Inception, like Cyberpunk Inception, and now I kind of want to see that movie. Ooh, we, we could have a whole episode discussing Inception. Ooh, we could. <laughs> That's true. Um, <laughs> I on the Cyberpunk tip. Wow, how hip of me to say. <laughs> on the Cyberpunk tip, yo yo yo. I just wanted to say that my only fam- my only familiarity with Cyberpunk that I know of is. Um, I've played the Shadowrun game on Genesis and a little bit of the Super Nintendo one. The Sega Genesis one seemed way better to me. Um, all I remember is that everyone said Chummer. <laughs> and I remember thinking that that was a little cheesy, but also kind of intriguing. Um, I liked that game. I didn't beat it, but I played a bit of it. I've been meaning to go back to it. Um, I have not played the tabletop role-playing game for Shadowrun. Maybe I'm more versed than I know. I'm just not thinking of the things that... that you know, I've experienced, but I, I was already excited about this game. I know it's from the makers of The Witcher, right? Witcher mm-hmm. 3. Yeah. Which I've played a little bit of. I still need to go back and beat that game. But I, I know a lot of my friends are really excited about Cyberpunk 2077. And when I saw this trailer, I was already hooked. And then they brought out Keanu. Yeah. And the moment that they brought out Keanu, okay, <laughs> I'm a girl who grew up who grew up on Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Uh-huh. I, I'm a Keanu, I'm a Keanu fan. Uh old school, old school Keanu fan. Long before, you know, when the Matrix came out, I was like, wow. I was like, Keanu's back. And he's in like a serious movie. Like I like he had done like it was like point break and speed, and then it was like 
and then he was gone for a while and then he came back and then he was gone for a while and then he came back again and he was John Wick and he's so good in those movies and I just love I've always been a fan of him in all of his goofy cheesy cool everythingness um and so when he came out and he and he's in the game I'm like okay that was very unexpected I don't think anybody expected that yeah no <laughs> but his well his portrayal of John Wick really sold me on the fact that he could that he could be a great addition to this game because he's so cool in those movies probably the greatest action movies i've seen in the last decade you, you know when waves come together and they make a super big wave that's that's what happened at that point um because i had just seen john wick 3 uh in theaters like a week or so before that and so was super hyped about keanu and john wick and like just like how awesome uh, all that was and wanted to like go back and rewatch all the John Wicks um, and then was getting hyped for I, I didn't even know E3 was on until like I just like opened up YouTube and someone was streaming it was like sweet oh hey it's the Microsoft thing oh my gosh this is where Cyberpunk is gonna be I'm gonna I'm gonna keep watching and then it came on and just like the, the trailer is hecking good and fantastic um, and they explain a little bit of the story uh, which is that the main character V is searching for this chip uh, that will essentially give the person immortality, and it's that—that's what the game is going to be about. And then, and then, and so, so like the trailer's fighting about the chip, and then we get to where the character seems to die and wake up, and Keanu is there, and. He is playing a character, Johnny Silverhand, from the original 2020 tabletop game, uh, who is, like, supposed to be dead. And he's, like, glitching through and, like, he's a hologram. And so, like, 90% sure that the chip that V stole at the beginning of the trailer is, like, is the chip to immortality. And it has Johnny Silverhand on it. And Johnny Silverhand is played by Keanu Reeves and is just, like so perfect fitting all that together and bringing this like really awesome staple character from cyberpunk 2020 and into this world where now we're going to be like talking not not only with johnny silverhand but johnny silverhand played by keanu reeves and that just blew my mind um and like in the gameplay trailer from the first d3 uh they had like music playing in the background by johnny silverhand and that and just like ev everything is fitting together like perfect puzzle pieces and it's beautiful and uh i want to put a little a little uh thing out there for any listeners who fast forwarded through the metal gear spoilers and might still think that we're talking about metal gear solid <laughs> we're not we're talking about cyberpunk 27 <laughs> is there a johnny silverhand <laughs> that, <laughs> that whole thing of the of the chip i like i this the oh. whole time you're describing the chip Johnny Silverhand and everything. I was like, I was like, I just kept wanting to be like Metal Gear. Like it just sounds like a convoluted, oh, yeah. in a yeah. real fun way. The good I'm, plots are always recycled. <laughs> I'm down. I'm down with with how ridiculous that sounds, but how cool that is at the same time. I, I'm not familiar with Johnny Silver Silver Ace Silverhand Silver Silverhand. Yeah, but whatever. I don't know. And but I I'm intrigued. It's so much so much hype it was kent like you, you should have filmed a reaction video one of those youtube reaction videos and been like 
Yeah. Would you have been like, you've been like one of those people that's like, that's like, oh, and like the desk is shaking and you're like freaking out and your mouth just keeps getting you <laughs> bigger and bigger and you're just like, no. Oh. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Um, okay. <laughs> I, I don't know if I shook my desk, but I was def- definitely like jaw hitting the floor levels. I freaked out. Yeah, my wife was about ready to leave for work and that, and, and Keanu came up and I yeah. was like, and she's walking out the door. I'm like, I'm like, sweetie, sweetie, sweetie. I'm like, walk back through the door. Come look at the screen. And she looked and she's like, what? I'm like, it's Keanu freaking Reeves on the screen in this video game. And she had, she had no idea what Cyberpunk 2077 is. I'm sure she will play it at some point inevitably. But um, I can't wait to play that game. I still need to see John Wick 3. Oh, do it. It's good. My my favorite part of him stepping forward, though, is that it's so chronological in this because he doesn't look like young Keanu. He looks like current Keanu. So like, oh, it's Cyberpunk 2020. Well, that's next year. Right. If he's supposed to have not aged from that original game you mentioned, Cyberpunk 2020, or or the second edition, I think it said on Wikipedia here as I, I glanced at it while you were chatting, we did it right. You know, they they did it right. You know, 57 years before the game starts, here's that that's the right age for Johnny Silverhand. Exactly. Yeah. Hey, I, I'll take Keanu any way I can yeah, get him. Exactly. Wait, that sounds wrong. I'll take Keanu <laughs> I mean, in a video uh, game. Any way that I can have Keanu in a video game or a movie format, and that's where it is. I'm by. I'll take him any way I can get him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, fun fun fact. Uh, I I don't know if it's a hundred percent confirmed. Uh, but apparently he dated uh, Jamie Clayton, who is the trans actor from uh Sense Eight, which is a phenomenal, like best show ever. Um. But yeah, so Keanu said trans rights. So heck yeah. Yeah. He, 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 I'm not surprised. He's such a nice person. Yeah. He, he really seems like a good guy. The, the, I love the picture that, that always goes around of him where um, the, the atheists send it around because it's a joke um, that he's got a, a bottle of wa- a wine bottle that's full of water. And, and the angle of the shot changes the color of the glass the the water in the wine glass to match his sh- jacket which is kind of a an a red color a rich red a rubyish <laughs> once it comes through and it's like how do you explain that huh yeah obviously he's sitting out and he's supposed to be having wine everybody expects him to have a wine bottle he doesn't drink like that at all he, he he's just such a average down to earth guy that instead of spending thirty bucks on a bottle of wine, he just gets a wine bottle filled with water and pours that into his glass when he's having lunch. Because ah. who drinks at eleven thirty in the morning when you're on your way to work? Yeah. Um. <laughs> is this where we have my intervention? I'm just kidding. <laughs> like segue into. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I've heard the same things about Keanu. I've heard that he's a wonderful person. I don't know about y'all, but I'm actually a little excited about, about uh, Bill and Ted's three uh, that I've heard being. Oh God, yes. Um, I I don't know if these are if the original two resonate with with both of you or if you've seen them. If you haven't, go okay. If if anyone here has not seen them, go out and watch Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. 
Okay. It's and bogus journey and bogus journey, but start with excellent adventure. Check it. You haven't seen it, Kaylee? I have not. She's too young. Well, you know. Yeah. You Plus, know. I, I'm unfamiliar with a lot of movies. Why do we have me on a pop culture podcast? Yeah, I'm not familiar with uh, many movies since I was since before I was twenty ish. I don't know. So, something like that. You know how many people are not going to be familiar with a lot of the topics that we talk about, but that's why we, we educate each other. Especially the two of us. I mean, come on. <laughs> We're over a decade older than you, Kaylee. I think it works. It'll work. Yeah. We'll educate you. We'll educate yeah. each other. And then we'll be able to like end the podcast and each go and watch something new that we haven't seen before. Um, it'll, it'll be good. That's the hope of this whole show, right? Is that people listening at home will go and get a whole bunch of new things to check out and, and yeah, uh, get freaking hyped for cyberpunk. Yes. And for breath of the wild too. Yeah. And for yeah. a new Katie Perry video yes. and Mario maker two's out and Jen didn't even know that. So yeah, now she can No, Yes. And then she could, I will have a goal and she could buy me a switch <laughs> and then we could play Mario maker levels together. Thanks Jen. I, I can't believe we barely know each other, but for you to buy me a Switch, such a nice offer. You're a wonderful girl. You're right, it was. Uh-huh, uh-huh. You are the Keanu Reeves of this podcast. <laughs> so, one of the things, I, I do want to mention this, because I'm going to start playing this. Um, it's rated M for Mature, so it's going to be hard to play it around my kids, so it might take a while. I got my hands on the original... Uh, Shin Megami Tensei Digital Devil Saga and Digital Devil Saga 2. They're on PlayStation 2 games. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. They're kind of cyberpunkish. I mean, the first game takes place in a computer. And the second game is after they escape the computer simulation thing. So, like, they have a reason, you know, how, like, oh, you know, oh, look, it's the sequel. Lightning Returns. She has none of her powers. Or, oh, look. You know, we're running around on in, in Final Fantasy X-2, and I have none of my, you know, abilities that I had at the end of the last game. No reason, no explanation. Every Metroid. Right? Or Castlevania Symphony. Yeah. 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 This one actually gives you a in in-game reason, an actual plottable reason why that happens, which, quite frankly, video game makers could take a lesson from still. I mean, it's been over a decade since those two came out. If you, if Jen, if you want to continue playing those, um, maybe I'll, I'll actually, if I have some time, boot them up, and we could go a little more in depth on them in a um, future episode if you want. I have them. Yeah. Um, you do. Oh, yes. It took me years to find them. Yeah. I'm down. Yeah. Yeah. We could talk about it. Yeah. Ah. So I, I want to add in a one last little cyberpunk call out, um, or shout out honorable mention something like that uh before we wrap things up um but psychopaths if ev- if anyone wants to get into like c- cyberpunk anime that's yeah it's heckin amazing like best villain ever do not show kids it is brutal and awful um but it <laughs> is also philosophically amazing and a beautiful well done anime with lots of gore and uh mature topics and it's just amazing really good characters what is it called again a psychopath psychopath yeah yeah yes p-a-s-s psychopath psychopath four out of five dentists say it's heckin amazing yeah 
Yeah. We, we give this anime four out of five Kaylee's. This episode of We Happen to Be Trans was brought to you by viewers like you. And, and the letter H. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for, for rolling with me on that one. Can we just end it with the letter H? That's pretty good. I, I do want to do a quick, like, hey, so check us out on the Instagrams and such. Um, and where is this podcast available? We don't know yet, but somewhere. If you found it, you probably know. <laughs> Anyways. You win the prize. What's that prize? The Super Baby Project, <laughs> which is a clone of Keanu Reeves. <laughs> In Breath of the Wild 3. <laughs> <laughs>